Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right. New episode of the Way Up North podcast, and this one's hosted by Erin Bishop. Erin is the uh, fairy godmother of the event. She is planner extraordinaire. She's from Vancouver, and she's been with Way Up North since day one. And in this conversation, she's chatting with Whit Chamberlain, who is the founder of Field Trip. He's got Smile Booth on the go. He's got a ton of stuff. He's the godfather of good ideas. And uh, I hope you enjoy this episode because for me personally, I got a ton of takeaways and it's it should be essential listening for all wedding photographers, I think. All right, cool. Enjoy. Whitney Chamberlain. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like you're a bit of a legend, but we've never actually met. It's so strange because I know you know so many photographers from where I'm from who have been to field trip and talk about Whitney and uh, and yeah, yet we've never crossed paths. So I'm happy that I got relegated in to do this podcast and chat with you. Um, so yeah, hi, I'm Aaron. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Aaron. Thank you. Um, and you're in Vancouver, is that correct? That is, that's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and you are, where are you? Are you in California somewhere? I'm in Los Angeles. Yes. In LA. Okay. Yep. Yes. And now how did you get, how did you come to be in the way up North world? I know, obviously, you know, lots of people, but how did, how did it unfold that now you're coming to speak at way up North? I mean, I think that that's an interesting, <laughs> it's an interesting thing that you would say that. Um, I, I think that, well, the DJ, number one, uh, for way yeah. up north is my best friend. And um, okay. so that's Michael Antonia from Flashdance. Uh, so um, hold on one second. Give me one. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, to disrupt the podcast, but I got to do No, that. it's all good. Okay, here we go. All right. So anyways, um, Michael Antonio from, uh, from the flash dance, which the flash dance was a collective that him and I started years ago because Michael used to be more of a club DJ and he was extremely, yeah. extremely good at it. And, uh, and very talented DJ. And I was just, when I started shooting weddings, I was like, this is like shooting fish in a barrel. These wedding DJs that are out here are so horrible that, <laughs> that, that if you just showed up and just kind of played whatever you wanted to play, they would be a lot happier than, than what I'm seeing <clears throat> right now. So anyways, that sounds about right. yeah. So, so there's that also, I mean, I, I mean the, the list goes on of people that have spoke and talked and, old photographers that have worked for me, um, uh, different things along those lines. It's kind of embarrassing a little bit cause it would be a little bit of gloating and I, and <laughs> I, it's, it's awkward. And so it was kind of, yeah, I would have to say that, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. And of course, a lot of the field trip teachers have spoke at way up North too. 
But the way, up, right. but the way up north guys have are they they've created something that's really amazing for the wedding photography industry. Um, I'm extremely proud to to speak on the stage, um, even though I'm not a wedding photographer anymore. Um, I obviously uh, my roots are within that, so yeah. Anyways. Yeah, that was one thing I was going to ask is, are you a wedding photographer? Have you been a wedding photographer? Or maybe just for those who who have never heard of you or know who you are, like how would you sum up who you are, what you do, where you came from, however you choose to answer that? Yes. So, yes, I am. Am I? Yeah. I mean, I shot a wedding a month ago. So let's just, you know, <laughs> um, because it was in Jamaica. Um, yeah, fair. And, and I still get probably three to four inquiries a week um, to shoot weddings um, from past clients and someone that stumbles upon a website that's still floating out in the abyss, um, which is quite interesting. Uh, the name of that business is called Our Labor of Love, O-U-R, laboroflove.com. Um, okay, yes. Yeah. Familiar that, with the brand. Yes, and that website that's up there uh, is 10 years old or, or more. Um, mm -hmm. it's still alive and kicking and still does the job. Uh, it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. So I have that wedding website. I also have East West weddings is also, um, I can speak a little Sanskrit. Um, I was taught and raised in a Vedic community, so I understand Indian culture. So I, I actually have shot a lot of weddings, uh, Indian weddings, um, or Eastern Indian weddings. Um, so let's, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, what other things are there? And then there's, yeah, weddings, but I let that go. So anyways, um, yeah. Okay. Yep. But and then and then you were involved in field trip or the founder of field trip or yep I'm the founder of field trip yep okay yep. and that's not happening right now anymore um we do so field trip's an interesting beast it's um people look at field trip as this one particular event which that event is called yeah field trip and that is a creative entrepreneurial playground slash workshop mm -hmm. that still is still does things um we're for hire so you could be sony canon whoever and you can hire us uh to build a playground for photographers meaning photo shoots and different educational um things um Got it. or the one event that i throw every year that is a that that takes a huge village to make but it's a very small village to put together it's on um it's it's not done it's just on a year hiatus right now so got it okay okay so if anyone gets interested in that all hope is not lost there still might be a chance to attend in the future yes oh 100% yes okay cool cool yep. Um, and now I just want to jump backwards to something you said earlier, which was you were raised in a, in a what community? Um, in my kind of impressionable years through 18 to maybe 27, um, I lived, so Brian Morrow, which is obviously one is the host of, of way up North, um, and, and myself were, 
were taught in a Vedic uh, style. Vedic. Yeah, Vedic. Yep, yeah, Vedic uh, community. Uh, it's 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 more based around the Bhagavad Gita. So, in layman's terms, you've got America, you know, or you know, most Christians, you read the Bible. Um, yeah. Most Hindus or Indians um, of that flavor read the Bhagavad Gita. And, okay. And uh, I'm ver- well versed in both. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, yep, that's it. So. Okay, I like it. I like it. And now you're living in LA. What's filling filling up your days these days? <laughs> that that last uh, that last question sounded like a very LA question. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's it. Uh, but what okay. what what is filling up um, most of my days? Let's see. I'm a father, a single father of two. Um, that so that um, it takes up most of my time. Um, how old? Are, how old are your kids? I've got an eight year old and a twelve year old. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So Girls, boys. Uh, two boys. Two boys, eight and twelve. Yeah, they're great. They're great. <laughs> so they're good. Nice. Yeah, I always find these podcasts to be um, hilarious uh, because it's kind of you're 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 giving up your personal life to the abyss of of who's going to listen to this thing. Um, it's true. Did you have a moment of I don't want to talk about my kids? Like, do you not post pictures of your kids online and stuff? Is that sort of your jam no it's the the moment that i just had there was i want to give these people bits of nuggets so that they could better their lives as humans and move forward with following their bliss um, right okay and so i was just like in my head i was like oh my kids i could go on for hours about my kids but how is that going to help a a wedding photographer move forward in their career and um okay so, the yeah. reason that I usually ask about kids, so I've done the Way Up North podcast, or at least some of them for a few years. Sure. And everyone who's used to listening to me talk to, to presenters is like, how long until she asks if he has a dog? Because I have a dog and I love my dog and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But um, since, uh, since last year, now I'm like living with two children and by that, I mean, I've moved in with my boyfriend who has a six-year-old and a 13-year-old, and I'm a person who was never going to have kids. Yep. So I used to ask about kids because I think a lot of wedding photographers out there who are kind of trying to imagine their life with kids and can they still do the thing with kids and they want to know how these photographers who have kids like work it out. But in that moment, I was like, do you have kids? Can you tell me things? Because this is hard. Kids are hard. <laughs> well, let me ask you, let me ask you two. Here's, I mean... Two two questions. One: Has anyone ever really gotten deep on the kid topic on these on the Way Up North podcast? Because I'm I mean I'm, I'm more than welcome to dive into the early stages of children and then move in move into to you know like the later stages of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I think I think it gets lightly touched on. You know, being that we don't want the podcast to be like two hours long. Although maybe it could be. I don't know. Well, um, well I took, I think it's rel- I do think it's somewhat relevant. But okay, that's up, that's up to you if you want to go there or if you have other places that you want to take us. Okay, to follow our so brand. I'll talk about it for three minutes. I can see the timer on the computer, um, <laughs> and maybe I'll shorten it to two. Here we go. Um, when I had my kids at first, I took them everywhere. My wife was pregnant. She photographed with me. 
Um, she's a brilliant photographer. Her name's Jesse Chamberlain, jessechamberlain.com. You can look it up. Her, her work is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, we, you're, you're going to find more of her work out there than mine. I, I shot as a wedding photographer and I'm good at what I do, but I'm, I'm community based. That's what most of my talk will be about. Um, so we'll get, we'll get into that later, but the sheer fact is, is that, um, and I'm friends with my ex-wife still to this day. She's a great woman. Um, the, uh, uh, point of the kids, we took our kids everywhere, every, every wedding, every photo shoot we found, we, 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 our major point was not to find a hotel was to find childcare in every city. And we did that everywhere we went. Um, you know, and my ex-wife would breast pump in the back room and do all these crazy things to, to make everything work as a photographer, because that's what we wanted to do to follow our bliss and to make things happen. So, Ooh. so th- it's for the younger years, you just got to do it. You just got to make it happen. And like for those people the, for the lady out there, that's like, Hey, I'm pregnant, but my husband doesn't shoot. Well, your husband better sign up for being Mr. Mom and showing up to your shoots and hang out in the hotel for eight hours with your baby um, and feeding it a bottle so that you can follow your bliss. Cause that's what a good person does. So, um, that's, that's, that's my key to, to a hard, successful working parent. Um, and then the later years, um, of just like having kids, well, uh, the story saddens of, I worked really hard with my ex-wife so hard that we traveled and lived our lives fully together. Um, and did everything together, which then dampened and boarded our personal relationship because we eat, sleep, and breathe together. And we didn't have yeah. any creative outlet outside of each other. And it drew us apart as people, which was really sad. Um, and we went about our ways. And so then we got divorced. And then we were divorced and we had these older children. And from that, it actually ended up working out great because I would have one week on and one week off and I would shoot the weddings on the weeks that I have that were off and on and we would still split the work. It was phenomenal. Um, and so it worked out in the end. And so oddly enough, there's always, you know, it's even when you're in the middle of divorce and you have kids and you're a wedding photographer, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I just, yeah. So there you go. Does that, is that, that's that three minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. You, cr- you crush that. You crush that. Although like the later years as, as a person just dropped into what I guess we're talking about as the later years, kind of the age they are now seems almost harder because goddamn kids are busy. They have like soccer and they have this and that and music theater and dance and whatever. And so that almost seems harder because with a young kid, you can kind of pack it up, pack them up and bring them where you're going, but you get a little more, um, structure as you as they get older and that that seems tougher to handle yeah i would say that absolutely um i mean it it, it completely but by the time that your kids are a little bit older and you figured it out it it works i mean it's it work-life balance i i i get really frustrated when I hear people complain about being a wedding photographer and have families and different things. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not even directing this towards anyone or anything, but we are extremely blessed to have the work that we do and to be able to get paid for the work that we do. And we should be grateful for what it is. And there's sacrifices in everything in life, you know, Mm, and, 
And if you're rich and you've got so much money, you have to create a fortress around you. You know, that's a sacrifice that you then shut yourself out from the outside world because there's weird, greedy people in there. And then when you're a wedding photographer, you ha- you you've decided to give up your weekends and to do that. That is that is what you've done. But you then get this this time at at nighttime in the you know with your kids to be able to do everything, and you're not as exhausted as the other people. And you get mornings with your children. You get to drive your kids to school and to do all these fun things. I mean it's a give and take. And then every now and then you get a weekend off and you, it's like, it's like you've won the lottery when you have a weekend off. So you treat (laughs) it, you treat it like it's something completely special. So it, it's, it it has its win win. So when you start to hear those people complain and do that kind of stuff, that's when the old, you know, you know, start listening to the old work life, you know, balance podcast at that point. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. And you've mentioned, you've mentioned like the bliss following thing a couple of times. Um, do you feel like that's the most important thing living your life is to, to, you know, do what makes you happy and, and brings you joy and makes your days feel worthwhile? I mean, I think that, that, okay. So excluding children, because sometimes you can't just follow your bliss when you've got like deep responsibilities. And I think when I say deep responsibilities, I mean other people's lives, right? So yeah, like, let's, absolutely. so we're going we're gonna to shift gears here into just personal and exclude the, ch- the child. But yes, I think that following your bliss, no matter what it takes, I've lived in my car because I refuse to come to uh, basically to, to submit um, I don't suggest that, um, but but I but it it and there was definitely a moment when I was sleeping in my car and I was like I'm sleeping in my car, but I was just like man last week was so fun and I did what I needed to do and you know and it was work related, but I I've always followed my bliss, and I've done it to, to you know to that level of uh, when when following it and you get to the goal and you're grateful for what it is, but then maybe you're you know eating top ramen at 59 cents, you know, a styrofoam cup, which is also a sad scenario, but you've, you've, you're doing what you want to do. There's always, you know, if, if there's a will, there's a way. And I know that that's very like, uh, your parents and, and, or the millennial thought process, but the will, there's a way The the way is hard work sometimes and having to give up some of the other things for other things to be able to follow your bliss. Meaning, you know, you, you're, you're not going to be able to go to Starbucks every week and drink a, you know, a $5 cup of coffee um, because you're saving up for that, the, the latest camera. So you're just going to have to, you know, add, go to your parents' house and drink coffee. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's true that there's a will, there's a way, but the way is fucking hard sometimes. That's the part that I think is de-emphasized too much. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I I wrote this whole talk that I'm about to do at, at Way Up North, and it was all about fairy dust and how it's just like these people show up to these conferences and they're like, I'm going to get to this conference. I'm going to get all the answers I need. I'm going to hit that trade show and see what the next, you know, coolest piece of technology is. And then my life's going to be done and I'm going to be good and I'm going to show up. And it's that no, 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 this is it's such hard work to do to do all of these things. And it takes like it takes years and years and years of practice to be able to get to a place of calm wisdom. And we all know that that theory of ten thousand hours. Are you familiar with that? 
Yes. You know, so, I mean, for those who don't know, it's basically to become a, what, a pro or a, a master in your trade. You need to have 10,000 hours, I think is what it is. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. And I just, I, I, I think that people should literally start a timer and do 10,000 hours every time and really see what 10,000 hours means. I mean, it and, and add it up. I think people really should do that exercise. I, I find it, <laughs> I find it fascinating when they do and they're like, wow, I'm only at 5,000, you know, and you're just like, yeah, you are, you're only at 5,000. Keep going. So, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a lot, it's a lot of hours to do something, but I think it's probably pretty accurate. I think it's I think it's extremely accurate. I watched um, I have a uh, some good friends, uh, Sarah and Chris Rhodes. Um, their whole thing is that they wanted to be lifestyle photographers. Um, and Chris always talked about this whole ten thousand hours thing. And literally, right when he hit ten thousand hours, I think they bought a house in Los Angeles, and they were doing what they wanted to do. But these. Guys would literally wake up in the morning, shoot stock photography, shoot a wedding at night, and like just work and work and work. And I'd always want to get some free time with him. And the only time that I would get free time with him was as if he was speaking at a conference or or we were somewhere where we were trying to create something new for in the photography realm. And mm-hmm. you know, it took him this long. And now they're just they're living high on the hog, but they, they excelled their 10,000 hours by working 15 hours a day at their trade. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and again, the hard work. So if you take, you know, like let's, let's, I don't want to do the math right now, but if you take, you know, 15 hours a day times, let's just say you work six days a week. What is that? That's 60, you know, 30, 90 hours, you know, so you do mm-hmm. 90 hours times four, you know, like 180. What are we looking at there? I mean, we could start doing some math. <laughs> but my point, yeah, you're on your own. I'm not, I'm not breaking out the calculator, right, but I'm with you. Right. But I mean, you're looking at like, you know, like each month, you know, you're putting in four or five, 400 hours, we'll just say, or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And so each, every year, you know, you're looking at, you know, what, like uh, 5,000 no, you're not looking at five thousand. When is that? Four thousand. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It's going to take you several years of working that hard. Yes, <laughs> like, or that much. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um. Anyways, I just, uh, you know, it's like, but you could excel it by ten thousand hours of working three or four years at at, at nonstop at fifteen hours a day. You know. So, anyways, yeah. I yeah. just my point to it is is that it is hard work. So. Absolutely. So, and you may you may or may not have to sleep in your car. Exactly. You, you should probably cancel your Netflix account um, <laughs> and 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 throw your TV out the thing and just basically only have your computer and your Instagram should only be for work. So, anyways, if you really want to excel your ten thousand hours, so all right. <laughs> It's true. Now, um, just before I, we signed on, I did want to say that I. I was familiar, obviously, like I said, with your name, and I didn't connect until until you were talking to me that you and Jesse were our labor of love. Yeah. And so I just like I remembered how to spell labor in American because that's different than it is up here, and just pulled it up in my email, and I and I found two references. One was an inquiry I made to you guys in 2010 when I first discovered you as a photographer, I guess, 
uh-huh. um, to, to get your rate sheet. And the other was in an email to a web developer, which was like, this website is perfect. Please copy it for my own website. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. I don't even remember what it looked like or what my website looked like at that point. But sorry, that was just a small world moment of like, I know I know that name from somewhere. Yeah, it was really, yeah. it was a really funny moment. I, I went on to this podcast uh, to just, just to take a look at it, uh, you know, in my procrastinating ways about two hours ago, I was like, I'm going to go to the Way Up North podcast and listen, you know, my best friend's on it. Um, my other close friend, Sai, was on it. And so I was like, ah, I'm going oh, li- yeah, to yeah. listen to size. So I put size on and I put it on mm-hmm. times two and listening to Sai at, at times two is quite, <laughs> quite hilarious. But anyways, yeah, you know, and, and he brings up all these different trends that he, he, he mentioned Jonas Peterson and the uh, Mason jar. Um, yeah. And talk. And I, I don't know if you, do you know this story at all about the Mason jar about how he like Jonas hated the Mason jar and it was a trend that he hated and yes. it was a trend that Jesse and I started actually the Mason jar, because if you know the history of our labor love and <laughs> weddings, we, mm-hmm. we were in Atlanta at the time and I was tired of shooting, um, weddings that were inside churches. And right. I was like, I was like, it was just like, I couldn't handle the, the coordinator saying I couldn't move where I needed to move or, it was just so dark in there. And I just felt like my photography was just being trapped in this, in this, this vessel of, of not creativity for myself. And so I was, I basically started uh, pitching that I would do uh, weddings cheaper if we could help work with planners and decorate and create weddings out in barns with Mason jars and hay bales and do all this stuff in like, we got all these like uh, wedding people on board and we started to do these like weddings that were more elaborate for really low price just so that we could start a trend and Mason jar yeah. was, was one of them. <laughs> and we started this trend of everyone having these hay bale weddings and photographing them. And it's just funny because, and that was about four years prior to when Cy was referencing Jonas saying that he hated Mason jars. And then of course we sit, we, I sent, uh, Jonas, a, a whole thing of mason jars, anyways. At one point, so anyways, that's that amazing. Joke. I yeah. feel like I don't know. I don't know whether to be impressed or to wish you were dead about the mason jar thing, but I get it. Um, that's actually really cool to hear that story because as I'm a wedding planner, not a photographer sure. myself, and so you know the mason jar thing, loved it and then hated it, like everything. Oh, but, I. Yeah, and that's a that's impressive that it was just so prolific through all weddings and even to this day now you know they still crop up so yeah I think well, that well done yeah it was it was um I mean at the time obviously Instagram wasn't happening you know um so it I guess what am I trying to say here um there was a lot of trends that weren't you know, I mean, obviously, I, are you aware also that I own Smile Booth? Yes. Yeah. So, like, that trend wasn't anything at all. Also, um, and I think we're quoted in a in a weird, like, photojournal news thing before the iPhone, saying that we're we're the first selfie booth out there, which was kind of hilarious, also. Amazing. So, yeah, but that's again gloating on. It's like whenever I share any of these pieces of information, I want to be very clear that I feel like it's the dog show. And what I mean by that is, is that if you could name me who won Westminster of you know 2013, I'd be very impressed. But all this information and the things that we're sharing 
is kind of irrelevant on the scheme of life. Like it's such a blip. So I'm not, I'm not claiming it as anything, but I just think it's, it's funny, factual information. Um, it is, but I, I don't, don't undersell yourself though, because it is impressive in its way. Thank in you. Its place. I appreciate that. That's kind. So. <laughs> Especially the Mason jar. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people had weddings that looked a hell of a lot better than they would have otherwise because of the Mason jar trend. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, in, in the, the dirty South and Atlanta, Georgia, that, you know, you got married in a church and, you know, and it, you didn't get married out in the field at that time. And this is 15 years ago. So, um, you know, uh, my ex-wife shot film. I shot on a 10D with, I think, a two gig memory card. So, mm-hmm. just, you know, just to throw, and the 10D was a Canon product at the time. So it was very, very comical. Anyways, we could get into that too. And I don't, you know, yeah, I shot on, yeah, I think my memory cards were like, oh, like, I mean, I, I think I shot on like five twelves. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that all sounds like that's like nerdy photographer stuff, or yeah. maybe not even nerdy, but just photographer stuff. So I'll just yeah. I'll just assume it's funny, and we'll, and we'll carry on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> good. Good. All right. Um, um, what else? So when it when it comes to to way up north and Cole or whoever Michael whoever reached out to you is like, hey Whitney, like come talk at the thing. Where like where are you going with it without giving away the farm, or you know what was that process like for you to decide? what would be useful to talk about at way up north? Um, I think that, I, I mean, for myself, I forget the wealth of knowledge and the different things that our collective has done. Um, the collective meaning shark pig, flash dance, um, you know, basically the field trip community. A lot of them have spoke at way up north. Um, and so for myself, um, there's also a lot of things that we've built and created um, together. And there's I being the photographer out of the group, Michael being the DJ, Brian being the videographer, um, David and I, I, I'm trying to think, did David and Kendrick speak at Way Up North? I think they did. Yes, yes, um, they did. Yeah, so David and Kendrick used to work for me at Our Labor of Love. They were a set of photographers for us. Um, Amazing. Which people don't, you know, again, um, you know, uh, I mean, I, I want to name a bunch of second shooters, um, but I kind of feel like I don't want to crush people's egos. I want, so, I want you to. I want you to. Do it. No one's going to listen to this podcast. Just do it for me. I mean, I think like, uh, what do you got? Caroline Lee, you know, I think, uh, you know, I want to look at her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I want to look up on, on there that people that, that have second shot a long, long, long time ago. Right. And then also we all second, I, you know, people second shop for each other for fun. I want to say that also. So let's, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do this. I, I'm not going to do this. I think that I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to hold integrity on this one. But the point, <laughs> but my point is, is that I also, we created a lot of platforms that create community, but also create how to get bride and grooms and then also how to, how to get new work. And, you know, maybe I should have said that 30 minutes ago when when doing that (laughs) but that's but the idea is is like how do you get that and then also build that within your community and do that and 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 then also create collaboration in your community so i'm going to kind of touch on um maybe three or four different ways to do that 
and and give people a step-by-step process on how to do that. And so the, the other thing too with doing that is there's, you know, you've got you've got your photographer that's like, I'm extremely talented and I take amazing photos and I am I'm just a mind-blowing photographer. You're like a like an Oli Samson. Right. Like they, like that guy is just like a genius photographer. Like he's, he's great. Or, you know, I could kind of, I could, or like Cy, Cy is just a genius photographer. But then the thing is, is it's like a lot of these genius, some of these genius photographers don't get seen or shown or this or that. I mean, there's so many of them out there and there's so many of them that are going to be in this audience that, that they, we want to give them tools to, to, to be able to get in their local community and to be able to be seen on a different level and to collaborate. Um, because a lot of photographers are introverts, right? And so to push that, to, to push the limits of an introvert is extremely hard. And so we're, I, I've set up some programs on to, for community and, and collaboration that will really help them out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, it sounds like we tend to have like, there's two kinds of talks in the world, generally, like the sort of more vague inspirational ones and then ones that are actually useful. And this sounds like a little bit of both, but definitely useful. (laughs) 100%. Because a lot of the other things too is, is that um, you have to be disruptive and I've got to be disruptive. I've got to tell them to, that there is no magic fairy dust out there. There's no Photoshop action. There's no online booking system. There's no Facebook ad that's going to basically that you're just going to like sign up for something and then it's going to like double your income. I think that there's a combination of all that, but you know, the world isn't black and white. There's tons of gray out there, you know, and actually there's tons of rainbow out there, you know, and and like that's the kind of stuff that we 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 need all of it. So I'm not going to you know I'm not going to do the Facebook ads or the Instagram shares or the, that kind of thing. I'm going to I'm going to talk about community and collaboration on how to do that. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have them try to like get rid of their ego for a second. And that's the the woo woo shit that I'm going to talk about for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And and, and I'm going to kind of like maybe poke at people a little bit and then people probably leave the 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 thing and then those who will stay will do really good. Um, I think the last time I did this talk, people like Dan O'Day, um, I think Jonas was in the crowd. I'm trying to remember who it was, but they were actually in the crowd. And it was really sweet. And, they, and then that's how I became friends with them. And that's how I talked to them. And then that's how our, our, a lot of our um, kind of future uh, friendship and, and field trip and thing all came about. So it was like things like that. So Nice, nice. Yes. You're going to do this talk and you're going to make some new friends in the process. I think so. And the, the, you know, the, the other thing, which is kind of interesting is I have no stake in the game, right? Like I don't, I don't, I I don't need to book any weddings. You know, I've, I've photographed over 600 weddings in my life. I, I don't, I don't need to shoot another wedding, but I can also just give everyone all the information of these 600 weddings. You know, here it is. Here you go. You can have all of it. And this is how I did it. And this is how I shot a wedding on a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, and a Sunday, you know? And <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, I've done that. I will never do that again. Um, I, you know, but I did that. Um, I didn't start shooting weddings until I was 30. And, Amazing. And I've shot six, and, and I've shot 600 can I, weddings. Yeah. Can I ask how old you are now? Just cause I want the, yeah, yeah, I I'm, want the I'm, scale I'm, of I'm, the 600 wedding. I'm 45. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, you could ask men that question. You just can't really ask the ladies, although I ask them anyways. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 45. And the thing is, is I, uh, when we started, it was film and now it's mirrorless, you know? Um, and so that it's, it's crazy. And if I, I guess if I kept going, um, no understanding patents and technology in five years from now, basically your phone will be your, 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 you know, your go-to. So it's, it's that the, the, I could do a t- whole, whole talk on technology and patents. Um, I watch technology and patents because of a couple of different businesses that I do. And we could get into a whole TED, you know, a whole talk on tech, but I'm not going to do that to you. So. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. I would, to be fair, I would probably like it, but that's, right. yeah, no, let's not do that right now. We right. can do it over a beer in Stockholm, maybe. No problem. Um, Okay, and so now you're you're not shooting weddings unless they happen to be in Jamaica on a day that works for you and sound fun. Yep. So what are you doing? What are you doing now for yourself, like creatively? Um, creatively, let's see. Uh, I mean, tomorrow. I mean, tomorrow I'm going on a photo shoot for Esquire magazine, Italian. So at, 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 for Italy, something like that. So you're still you're still shooting, just not weddings. Every now and then, yeah. I mean, that's tomorrow. That's that's a one off weird thing. Um, <laughs> uh, the the other things that I'm doing, I mean, so Smilebooth has 27 employees. Um, to be clear, we have we have uh, basically offices in you know Chicago, New York, Houston, L.A., San Francisco, Seattle. You know, so like that that is a, a thing in itself but where people think we're a photo booth company but we create technology for some of the other uh things out there so i that's one of the things that i do is behind the scenes consult and create um some some programs um some i'm under some ndas but let's just say like i help people out like that maybe like google pixel you could say that you know i don't yeah. know people yeah. in, um you know, I think that's, I think I'm clear to say that some stuff I can't talk about, um, that I work with, but their people look at their phones every day and they probably spend most of their time on it. I do some consulting for that. Um, so there's, there's some things that I do. Uh, one of the other things right now is, is that, um, I'm working, uh, to create community for one of the largest camera companies in the world. Um, and I've been working for them for five years and, uh, I think that they're number one in the, in the mirrorless camera thing. And when I started, they were number three or four kind of, uh, kind of tilting on that. And we created, are you, are you under, are you under an NDA on this? Like I'm not a photographer, but I assume you're talking about Fuji, but you're not saying so. Um, I think that I'd rather just not offend any camera company that's listening to this. So I just won't say, and then we'll just, <laughs> okay. we'll let, okay. we'll let them like, uh, just simmer on what is he talking about? Um, I like it. but, but, to, but community is, is one of the biggest things that I do. So I build community within their corporation and then I, I took it to, um, kind of like a, a program for photographers and then those photographers we built a kind of a community there and then now it's just it, it those those that community speaks to just like your average consumer and and that is a massive thing that i don't think will help support the wedding photography community um too much except for that um if 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 a photographer is looking for a community within a brand, I have a lot to say on that. 
Um, but I don't think that I'll talk about it in this one because I think the biggest thing for a wedding photographer is to, how can I explain this? The biggest thing for a wedding photographer is to book weddings within your community and what, and how you right. want to do that. So you want to start there before you like start being like, I want to be a destination wedding photographer. Your destination <laughs> should be the closest venue to your house. And then you should start to go out from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. and start moving your way out. So if it's a church, you shoot there. If it's a rec center, you shoot there. And then you start to move. You start to move the pieces from there. So, but that's amazing. Yeah, but we can get into that later. Yeah. I mean, now, like, I usually sort of like wrap it up by being like, "Tell us something interesting about yourself." But now we have like, you're shooting for Italian Esquire tomorrow. You're under several NDAs and you invented the mason jar. I don't know what you could possibly I did say not that. invent the mason <laughs> yes, jar, yes. but I did. I mean, okay, okay. You invented the mason jar at weddings as a candle holder <laughs> or a vase <laughs> or a drinking glass. Um, <laughs> or a drinking glass. That's right. All of the many uses. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, I mean, people, the, the photo booth industry. I mean, it, it, I mean, that's one of the things that is claimed to fame is, is that we created the first. Uh, you know, basically open air photo booth. And we created the first, when it went from camera to iPad to sharing stations, we created that and we created the gift booth. Um, we've been super modest about it. We don't, we don't go around saying we're the first ones to do it. And it, it oddly enough, if you look at when my company started and when I, when Kendrick Lamar, which is a rapper played at South by Southwest for his very first yeah. time, we were requested to do this style, um, this gift booth, photo booth, years ago. The first time that he ever played a house party at South by Southwest, just want to be clear, he played in a room that was 20 by 20. Um, and we had a photo booth inside there. And we played the, did this for Kendall Kamar. We created this little gift booth for him. And, you know, so like we, I have these like really odd claims to fame. Um, I mean, the other claim to fame or interesting thing, I guess I'm using claim to fame as interesting, but like, you know, I yeah. mean, I've had from, from Donald Trump to, to Barack Obama, in my photo booths, you know? So I just think that, you know, it's like, and we're a very subtle company and we don't say this, but it was all created off of wedding photography, which I like to kind of like circle back around and be people like, well, what, what, why do I care about a photo booth at a, at the white house when I, but the, but the point is, it was all created at weddings, which is very interesting to me. And the reason why I created it at weddings was for the art of wedding photography. And why I did that was because I had so many people coming up to me saying, can I get shots of me and my uncle? Or can I get table shots of everyone at the wedding? So I created a photo booth at the wedding that basically was my camera with the light and everything, but they could share it in real time so that I didn't have to go back and like communicate with these people later on. And I, <laughs> yeah, I, totally. I set up a very clean backdrop that they could do. And so they would walk up to me. I carry these business cards. I say, visit the photo booth. It's the same camera as, as mine. And I would hand them the card and I would focus on the couple and I would do all these crazy, I would be able to create art for the couple and the family of the unseen photo, the photojournalism, or be able to have more time doing portraits because I wasn't being bothered doing all these shots of the family. But the ultimate thing is, is that the family goes there to see them. They don't, sometimes they don't even go see the bride and groom. They're there to see their other sister or aunt. So they get this whole other thing that I created to do that. And that was created at this 
at these weddings. And then from the weddings, you know, which was, which I mean, I'm probably giving a little way of my talk, but you know, from these doing the weddings, these people had such an emotional experience in this photo booth because they don't get the, you know, sometimes the wedding photographers will blow them off being like, I don't do family pictures or I don't do table shots or I don't do, you know, these things. I created a machine to do that so that, so that the family could have this. Then the, the, the marketing agent from Google went home and went, man, I had such a great time at that wedding and it was emotional. I got pictures with my aunt in this great photo booth. And then I got hired by Google, you know, and 15 years later, um, you know, I mean, my bills are being paid by that. So it's, it's quite, yeah. it's nice. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just went on, a, went on a tangent. I like, it. I like it. It's actually, that's a, it's a good, it's a good point. Cause uh, obviously as a wedding planner, I've watched on, um, photographers struggle with that moment where they're trying to shoot something, you know, candid that's going on and they're getting dragged over here by like aunt Joan to like get a shot of her and this person, that person. So that's interesting to know that was where the photo booth idea came from. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a guy named James Mose and yeah, we know James. Okay. So James Mose was there, you know, at a hotel with me, which he sent me a photo the other day. We were in San Francisco together probably 10 years ago. And we were at this hotel. Um, I forget what it's called the Phoenix hotel. And we were there and I was sitting with them one day and I was like, dude, I'm going to get photo booths at every single wedding. They're not going to be mine. I'm going to start, we're going to do this. So every photographer can create art and make it happen. And I swear, I think every wedding these days has a photo booth. And this is when photo booths weren't even a thing at a wedding. And, yeah, it's true. And it still, it's like, um, and I'll start I, <laughs> getting a little choked up because, and I, and I, it might sound really cheesy, but it's just like, I love it when an artist can genuinely create art and like be able to step away from this stuff that makes their job tedious. So it's quite beautiful, you know, to see this now that it's a thing at a wedding and, a, and now today's photographer, like these young photographers don't even know, you know, like that, that all the work that we had to do to get this, this, this set up for them, you know? And it, yeah, totally. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah. I, a, I love that you're getting choked up, but B, that's like a lot more depth behind a photo booth that, yeah, I think the people shooting who are young today or just anyone never would ever really consider that about a photo booth, that it's like this thing that's just normal at weddings, but actually it's like it's freeing, freeing an artist, you know? That's cool. Yeah. And I think that's been my whole job. If I was to, you know, to, to say when the DJ that's playing on way up North and on their stage and, you know, when, when I show up to a wedding and the fucking people don't, aren't dancing on the dance floor because this turd ass DJ is playing crappy music and, and, or just, you know, doing a conga line and they're not really cutting loose and losing their mind and listening to the newest record or like it's the music isn't relevant. And then all of a sudden, you, yeah. I bring in my my best friend. Luckily, my best friend is like one of the most talented wedding DJs and and or DJs in my mind um, out yeah. there. And he makes you feel alive. And then as a photographer, you then get to photograph that. That was not something that happened, except for maybe if you had a band that was your friend was famous and was in a famous band and they were cutting loose. <laughs> yeah you know this all this all this stuff that i'm talking about here 
was not, it didn't happen, you know, when, when we were doing this 15 years ago. It was a church wedding with the reception and the music was, you know, no explicit music and people weren't being free and, and just, just letting go. And, you know, it was over by one and, and then you were expected to go home and have sex, you know, it was just like, <laughs> and, and now it's like, no, you're just too exhausted because your wedding was so much fun and you're just going to pass out and you realize that you got a lifetime of the other stuff. So anyway, <laughs> so true. Love yeah. it. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I have to say that I feel like you did not disappoint from the hype that Cole gave you. And I'm very excited to hear your talk. Um, and I've stolen 47 minutes and 30 seconds of your time. So I will let you go. And I hope everyone's got a good taste of Whitney yeah. and is, uh, is excited to, to see you in Stockholm in just a few weeks at this point. Yep. Yep. Just in a few weeks. Yeah. Because you were, it was hard to pin me down and yeah, we'll shut this off before it hits the 50 minute mark and excited to see everyone. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's it. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Whitney. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.